Imagine a person, much like yourself, going about their daily tasks, perhaps shopping, maybe mowing the lawn. Suddenly, they are transported to a strange place. They see statues and hear gargled moans, then gunshots. A flash. Now they are on a grassy plain. Strange creatures are all around, living peacefully. Some are with humans and are battling. Flash. They are in a spaceship, engaged in a dogfight. Flash. They are back in their world. What happened, you ask? Waffling tailors happened. Welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors Podcast. That's it. That's it. We've got a woos in the house. Um, Take up the back, Brown. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so, yes, uh, I am one of your hosts, Jay, and with me as always is Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? Hello, Squidgy. So well. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? Well, I'm, I'm dressed and I'm stood upright. I'll take that as a bonus. I mean, that th- those, are, those are things. Those are achievements. Those are it's achievements. Day today, so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just me and Squidgy this time. Uh, with us this time is Anthony from the Capes on the Couch podcast. Anthony, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, I second Squidgy's uh, assessment that uh, being upright and above ground sometimes is an achievement in and of itself. I always say it. You know, it's the alternative. Yes. So. <laughs> that is true. Oh, my God. I understand that feeling. Oh, like I've been there many times, many times. You're like, oh, well, I survived, and so did everyone I met today. So that's an accomplishment. <laughs> Time to Sometimes. drink heavily. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Drink heavily and shout out people. No. Is that good? Is that healthy? No, probably not. <laughs> no, brother fun? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's not for other people, but well, well, it is healthy for other people if I, you know, if I light one up, because then it means that they their odds of survival increase cut, may cut down on mine, but, but the odds of their survival. Absolutely. It also means that if you're willing to take the hit of drinking all the alcohol in the house, they can't. So they won't get cirrhosis of the liver, right? You're just saving them from long term pain. There you go. There you go. I like that. That is a way to look at it. Are you drunk again? I'm saving lives. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> There's less alcohol in the world for you to drink. Makes your life safer. No, um, great. So, yes. Or if I'm at the playground that- with my son, Daddy, I'm as high as you. I <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so, kid. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so let's talk real quick about Capes on the Couch. Because, like, you're here with us. We'll we'll talk about you and all the video games and stuff in a moment. But let's talk about Capes on the Couch, right? We're, 
what is it, where can I get it, and why should I get it? That's not meant to be confrontational, but I always hate the why, right? Because why sounds really confrontational. It can be, depending. It's, it, a lot of it depends on the tone or, or the intention behind it. But no, I, I absolutely take it where it's coming from. So Capes on the Couch is a podcast that my, my best friend, my brother, and I um, have been co-hosting now for four and a half years. And he is a board-certified psychiatrist, and I am a comic book aficionado. And each episode, we take a look at a particular character or sometimes a group of characters or sometimes a theme, and we examine their mental health issues, any concerns that they might have, what's going on in their life that might cause them strife or distress, what are they they're struggling with. And then we examine it from an in-universe perspective. How would we treat them in a world in which, you know, mutants exist or superpowers exist? Like if we have all of these tools at our disposal, like how would we treat them? And then what would treatment look like for a real-world analog of this individual with these particular problems, you know, whether it's schizophrenia, whether it's dissociative identity, whether it's depression, loss of a loved one, things of that nature. So we do it to destigmatize a lot of the discussions around mental health because there's this big bugaboo about, you know, if if you're if you're feeling sick, you go to the doctor. If your leg is broken, you go to the hospital. But if you're feeling depressed or you've you're hearing voices in your heads or or, or your head or you're going through something in your life. And you go to see a therapist. Oh, we don't. We don't talk about that. We, we can't discuss that. No, no, no. Don't don't tell anybody about that. And it's just as valid and necessary. So we we use comic books and pop culture writ large, but specifically comic books to sort of break down the barriers around discussing these topics. And then at the end of each episode, we role play a little skit of what a therapy session with that character would sound like. And so my, my co-host Doc and I, we sit down and we write the cat, we write the, the episodes, we write the therapy sessions and we try to be as true to character as possible. And depending on the character, sometimes they're really funny. You know, we've done Deadpool, we did Mojo, we've had a lot of very lighthearted episodes. And then there have been some, some very emotional, heavy episodes where the character has just gone through some stuff and it's, it's cathartic and it gives us an opportunity to sort of, I don't want to say work through our own trauma or work through our own issues, but if there's something that we can tap into that the character has gone through, it just makes it that much more real. I mean, we've, we've cried while writing and recording several of these episodes because the things that we're dealing with are, are very traumatic and, and we want to be realistic. You know, like I said, if, if it's a lighthearted episode or, or a jokey character, we'll write it jokey, but we're not necessarily going to take that tactic for, for every character. Um, so we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, as of this recording, we are still technically on hiatus, but we're coming back very soon in September um, with new episodes um, for season eight. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and I mean, all of our episodes are on the website, capesonthecouch.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now we are on the clock app, TikTok. Uh, we haven't shot any stuff there yet, but we're at capes on the couch, um, on all those plate, uh, all those platforms. So it's, it's been a fun ride. I love doing it with, like I said, he's my best friend since we were 13. You know, I call him my brother. Um, our kids call each other uncle, you know, I'm godfather to his daughter, um, it's, you know, he's, he's a member of my family and, and that kind of comes across as I'm sure you understand 
you know, brothers doing a podcast. So <laughs> it, there, there's a connection there. There's just this, this vibe that you get. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, you end up, question. see if you can do it, Squidge. Well, see if you can do it. You end up finishing each other's sentences. Uh, quick question. Have you done the Incredible Hulk yet? We have. Uh, that was actually, I believe, our first episode where we brought in a guest. We have um, a series of other podcasts that do mental health around similar topics. Uh, Guardians MH does video games, uh, and Popcorn Psychology does movies. And so we brought them on to talk about, they came on our episode to talk about The Incredible Hulk from the comics perspective. And then we went on their show to talk about The Incredible Hulk uh, in the movie. So that was... Um, you know, a little crossover there, but uh, yes, we've done the Hulk. We've done over 150 episodes, and it's not just Marvel, DC. We do indies. We sometimes we interview creators. It's it's a hodgepodge, but it's a lot of fun. No, it's it's just obviously before we started recording, we were just having a quick chat, and you said you'd you'd uh, had a new office built. I'm just imagining you wrecking the place and then having to. Was that a reason why you had had new office built? You you thought I need new office, so I'll role play, wreck the place, and then it gives me an excuse. You know. Two beds, one stone. Not exactly, but it is kind of a recurring thing within the skits that uh, Doc's office gets damaged, uh, <laughs> or in some cases, Doc gets killed um, by <laughs> Doc. Doc has been killed numerous times by villains, and uh, so it's it's always a thing where he sort of comes back. And in the 150th episode, we brought back like 30 characters, which was like a whole thing where I had to do all these different voices and stuff. And a couple of the characters that had killed him, Homelander in particular, was like, how the f*** are you still alive? And we're like, we're just going to hand wave it. Because um, Homelander, in, in that episode, Homelander uh, killed him. And then as Homelander is is wont to do, um, masturbated over his corpse. Um yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so you you, you pulled a you pulled a Doctor Strange, you know, you know. I've 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 come to discuss your surrender terms. Smash. I've come to I've come to discuss your surrender terms. Smash. You just constantly looped. Dormammu. I've come to bargain. Dormammu. I've one. come to bargain. Yeah. So that was it. But like I said, it was just a fun way. We did like little mini things with, like I said, about 30 different characters just all over the place. Um, that was, that took a long time to write, a long time to record and a forever and a day to edit, but it was yeah. absolutely fun and worth it. I love, I love the idea of capes on the couch from what you've been saying and what I've done when I did some, uh, some research and stuff, because I'm, I'm all about, like you said, is this, um, this um, uh, taking the you said take the bugaboo away, make it make it less of a taboo, right? Talk about how you're feeling. Talk about the fact that maybe you need to go speak to someone. You know, go speak to someone. You know, and I feel like a lot of people just don't. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to get too political, but like over here in the UK, we have a you know national health service. We have that socialized medicine stuff, and you can you can Jones. go see someone. For free. I mean, you'll end up on a waiting list to get there, or you can go privately and pay, like, you know, like like people in non-socialist countries will, will, will do. And like I said, I'm not trying to get political on that. But what I'm saying is the access to it is there. You know, there are hundreds of millions of people out there who want to help. So please go get, you know, go get the help that you need or, or yeah. maybe the help that you, that, I don't wish to trivialize, but maybe the help that you think you need. Because some people may think they need help, but maybe they don't. But go go get the help. You know, that's the best thing is, 
and and it can help with all sorts of stuff. So I love the idea that you're you're taking this taboo away from it, making it dare, dare I say more accessible. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but hopefully you get what I'm trying to say, right? No, absolutely. And I mean, we've had we've had listeners and and supporters of our show reach out and say that um, a particular episode kind of shone a light on something or helped clarify something that they were going through. Because like I said, we, we use these characters and we talk about them kind of in the third person, but it's happened plenty of times where I'm in an episode and we're talking live and I'm going, you know, I, I kind of understand where so-and-so is coming from because I've got this thing that I've been dealing with or sometimes not dealing with, but when you put it in terms I hate to say otherizing it because I think that's that's a negative stigma. But at the same time, if you can view it with some some objectivity and distance, it helps give you clarity and perspective that you can then hopefully is the key word um, turn inward and be able to say, okay, this is something that I'm dealing with, and maybe you know if it's if it's not exactly the treatment option, at least it gets you on that path. Um, you know, I mean, we have a disclaimer at the start of our show: like Doc is not your therapist. This is not therapy. We encourage you to go seek out your own personal mental health for your own issues. But if it helps put you on that path, then so much the better. And we've definitely had feedback from our our listeners that it has absolutely done that. So we're just constantly looking to expand our reach and and expand. Uh, and as you said, you know, take away the bugaboo. Um, feel there's nothing inherently wrong with feelings, and this is something that I also use as a parent. There's nothing wrong with your feeling. How you act upon that feeling may cause a problem, but you have every right to feel sad, anger. You know, we we, we demonize feelings. We say, oh, you shouldn't feel angry. You shouldn't feel sad. You shouldn't feel depressed. Why? There's nothing wrong with the feeling, but mm. we've we've sort of made good feelings and bad feelings, and then we treat them accordingly when feelings should all be on a level playing field. It's the actions you take with those feelings. That's where good or bad or, and judgments can start to come in. But if you come at it, you know, we always try to come at it, not judging somebody for feeling and then just saying, okay, you you know, I do that with my kids. Well, my son is three. So he's more active. My, my daughter's three months old. So she's not really in that phase yet. But my son, if, if he's upset about something, you know, daddy, I'm feeling sad. Okay. You're, you know, I'm crying because I'm sad. Okay. That's perfectly fine. You know, tell me why you're sad, you know, or don't, if you don't want to tell me that's fine too. You know, so it, it I try and come from as judgment free as I possibly can understanding that of course I am human and we all judge from time to time. It's, it's human nature, but that's, that's what the show is. And hopefully, you know, in some small way leading to a better world, I can't, speak for everybody else, but I can do my part. I, uh, yeah, I, I love that. I've always thought that if I can make the small, tiny corner of the world that I live in, even that little bit better, then I'm happy. But sometimes I can't achieve that, but it sounds like you're achieving that, but not in a small corner of the world, <laughs> a pretty big <laughs> section of the world. <laughs> well, you know, we, we try. I mean, the, the ideal, right, would be to have, you know, like massive amounts of listeners like, you know, Chapo Trap House or the, the shaved head dude whose name I shall not repeat, um, you know, the MMA commentator guy. But, um, you know, I'd love to have that kind of reach 
and that kind of input because I think if we had that kind of reach, we could counteract some of the stuff that MMA dude is putting out there. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, but that, like I said, that would be the ideal. What to the to the extent that we can do it, uh, I'm I'm happy with what we've got. So. I've, um, c- coming from a background of of someone who for quite a lot of years has actually been to counselling. Um, I can say that a job that I've had previously, I was, I don't want to say singled out, but I was questioned why I wasn't just just talking to people. I was really quiet. And I, I had to tell people who apparently were managers, who could manage people, that, you know, feelings are there for a reason. I'm not going to feel, I'm, I'm not going to f- apologise for my feelings. It's how I what I do with them and they looked at me like I just fell out of a tree and I said you're a manager you should know this mm-hmm. so yeah. you know it's especially where I work then it was more a case of everyone was quite happy to not deal with things you know lead them to which most of the time led to some sort of trauma and they, they used sarcasm and heavy drinking to get around it um, I'd rather try and sort out my stuff and live a healthy life. But I mean, that's one of the reasons why I left, but I can, I can definitely say that pushing stuff to one side, it'll get to you eventually. Exactly. Yeah. You can hold on to something for, you know, a short period of time is okay to hold on to it, but the longer you hold on to it, the heavier it's going to get and the more it's going to weigh on you and the more damage it's going to cause. So, I mean, I did therapy myself. Um, I've recently been diagnosed with ADHD and I'm, I'm medicated now for it. And it's been a huge, huge boost, um, in my life. And it was a situation where I was, you know, I, I fought medication for so long, partially because admittedly my own stigma around it, that, you know, I try and live a fairly healthy life. I exercise, I try and eat right. Um, I don't do a, a lot to, you know, damage myself. And I was like, I don't want to take medication for it. And then I, I did. And it was like, I, I could have, I, I could have been doing so much better this whole time, but because of my own preconceived notions holding me back, and it was like, I was so stupid. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like tr- it's like trying to swim intentionally with, you know, like a like a lead vest on. Like, yeah, you can mm-hmm. do it, but you're not really doing it efficiently. And then all of a sudden, I took the medication. It was like, whoa, this is what this is what neurotypical people feel like. The the first two days I was on Adderall, I was like. People are like, how do you feel? I, was, I literally told them, I feel like a god right now. <laughs> like, that's that's how great and freeing it was. I was like, I feel so good. Like, this is what normal people feel like, neurotypical people feel like. Holy smokes. Like, I'm just so much better now because of it. And it helps me get through the day way more easily. I'm not saying I don't still have issues. I'm not saying I still don't need to address other stuff. But the medication has gone, has done a lot of the heavy lifting. And I can tell in, even internally, like when it starts to wear off and it's like, okay, now I'm going to have to be more mindful and I'm going to have to yeah. work through some stuff. If it's later in the day, if it's like, you know, six, seven o'clock at night, I'm like, all right, fine. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. But yeah, I, I can tell internally how I'm feeling with certain things. And then it's just, you know, take the second and okay, reframe, let's focus on it and then go from there. My kids drive me nuts. It's not his fault. He's, he's three years old. He's going to do what a three-year-old does. I'm the adult. I have to be the one to handle it. I'm not going to lash out at him because then he's going to be afraid to come at me with whatever. So it's a struggle. It's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but, um, but I love him. I love them both dearly. 
So brilliant, brilliant. I, think- I have to be, I have to be the best version of me that I can be so I can be the best dad that I can be for them. Yep. Absolutely. And the best husband that I can be for my wife. So that's, Kind of yeah. the, the takeaway from that. But we got deep feel, really quick, <laughs> right off did, the bat. <laughs> but that's okay, right? That's okay. Because, you know, um, whilst whilst we're not producing something that is aimed at, hey, let's get let's go deep and let's just talk about this stuff. I feel like, like you said, the conversations need to be had, right? And yep. in the great Venn diagram of life of your audience and our audience, there will be some crossover where people will be like, do you know what? Maybe I should go on that journey. And, you know, if, if with your help, we've affected one listener's life uh, in a positive way, then that it was worth it is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. For the better. <laughs> <laughs> for the better. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yes. Yes. For the better. I don't want to be in some, oh, Jesus, man, this guy sucks. I'm going to go. <laughs> this is terrible. My life's horrible. And it's all because of that damned Anthony on Capes on the Couch. I blame him for, <laughs> he ruined my marriage. He's the reason my kids don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, if you're doing that, then you know maybe. <laughs> I, don't know. I need to go. Yeah, I need to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> uh, it's for it's for much smarter people than I to talk about. But I feel like pop culture plays a big part in that um, setting that uh, that taboo around people's mental health. Like you were saying, right? You hurt your leg, you go see the doctor. You, you know, you 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 get some kind of disease, you go see the doctor, right? You fall over, you may have to go to the hospital, right? You go see the medical professional until when you start feeling certain feelings, people try to bury it and ignore it. And I think maybe, maybe yeah, maybe maybe because. Our pop culture, like no one, okay, very few people would watch Friends if it was about four hom- uh, six homeless people struggling to make life work, right? They watch Friends because they are six people who live in houses they shouldn't be able to afford, and they just hand wave over it. Don't worry about it, it's fine. They're living a brilliant life. They've got relationships up the wazoo, they've got, or wherever you put them, um, they've got really well-paying jobs. They're all happy and, and joking and having loads of fun. Even when they're making fun of each other, they're all doing it in a fun way. And and so no one would watch a TV show called Friends that was about six people who went through that whole situation, but it was realistic, right? So maybe, like I said, I'm just standing here waxing philosophic here, but maybe maybe pop culture is partly to, br- to blame, right? Because oh, if we're told from is. day one, yeah, right? If we're told from day one, bottle up your feelings and just, just ignore it, then... What are people going to do? They're going to bottle them up. They're going to ignore what what doesn't feel right, and they, you know, they're not going to have a brilliant time. How many people get their ideas of of what a healthy relationship looks like from romantic comedies and mm. movies and TV shows and things of that nature? And oh, I'm going to make this grand romantic gesture to show how much I care. And meanwhile, if you if you take it from a different perspective. It's kind of stalkery. I think that was like the purpose of the show You on Netflix is they, mm-hmm. they explicitly said like, we're going to take a romantic comedy and we're going to tweak it ever so slightly to show you that the guy who, you know, normally would be portrayed as like this handsome, very suave, caring guy is actually a stalker and it's really flipping creepy. Mm-hmm. And 
that and it was brilliant. I watched the first season with my wife. I was like, this is this is good stuff because it does. It takes all of those tropes and it turns them on its head while still simultaneously playing them straight, if that at all makes sense. Um, you know, when I was younger, I had so many uh, grand ideas of, oh, I'm going to I'm going to do this big romantic gesture. A Valentine's Day, seventh grade, I asked this girl to be my girlfriend by taking out, by buying a rose pin and getting down on one knee in front of her, in front of the class, because I thought little 12 year old me, I swear to God, little 11, 12 year old me thought that this is, this is what was going to like win her heart, that she was going to find me so charming and whatever. And instead she was like, uh, I already have a boyfriend that I ride horses with. He doesn't go to the school. You've never met him, which like now, of course <laughs> I realized, you know, 30 years later was like her nice, polite way of telling me to, as you would say, saw it off. But you know, at the time I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm really sad. And then it led into something that called the Candy Hearts incident of 1994. And that's a whole other story for a different <laughs> podcast. But, you know, this is the kind of stuff that like warped my little prepubescent brain of like, oh, you have to, you have to write a song for a girl to show her you care, or you have to, you know, go, like this whole grand romantic gesture. My, my life until probably my early thirties was constantly doing these large gestures for, for women and then wondering why I was perpetually single. <laughs> so like, I don't understand. I'm a nice guy. I'm doing these nice things. Like it was, it was, it was bad. It was bad. It makes <laughs> and, you think, and doesn't so it? I, it bl I blame pop culture. It makes you think, doesn't it? The, 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 uh, the couples that sat down to watch that TV show, you on Netflix. And then I know at some point one of them would have gone. That's looking you. across at their own partner. Well, you did something like that. And then it's just edging away ever so slightly on the couch. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> Getting really freaked out. You did that. It wasn't from this. This has only just come out. And when I did it, it was 10 years ago. You said you were fine. Was no incredible. take backs. Yeah, <laughs> no take backs now. Yeah, yeah this ring is forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's circular. There's no, there's no end. No beginning and no end. See, that was what the, that was what the priest said. That's it. And, uh, and why are you filing for divorce? Because I saw the show You on Netflix, and it, it just blew the whole relationship up. That's what happened. Why are you filing for divorce? Because I listened to Anthony Sitko from Capes on the Couch talk about it, and he's ruining my marriage. <laughs> he made me it's realize I'm two. in a terrible, abusive relationship. That's two for two. Let's go to the scoreboard. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Survey says. Get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, oh, real quick, then. So you said you said you know you've done this for several years now. You've got a million billion episodes. Do you ever like when you talk about an individual character? Do you try to tackle? I know you said earlier on maybe we'll tackle this character who's going through this particular problem. Like for instance, um, the the modern after the Biff Pow era of Batman, modern Batman is a very complex psychological character, right? Very complex. Lots of things going on. So if you were to tackle Batman, would it be, let's talk about this particular aspect and then maybe come back in half a season's time and talk about this aspect? Or is it, let's do a whole big long show about everything, every possible angle to do with Batman as it were, you know, as an example, right? Uh, we did an entire month on Batman. We did four wow. episodes just on Batman. Um, we brought in uh, Dr. Travis Langley, who literally wrote the book, Batman and Psychology, A Dark and Stormy Night, um, who is widely considered to be one of the preeminent experts on the psychology of Bruce Wayne, Batman, etc. Um, 
we did uh, another episode talking about Bruce and his relationships because we've done a lot of Bat Family characters. We've done a lot of his rogues gallery. And in those episodes, we do discuss their relationship with Bruce to the extent that it's, you know, practicable and stuff. Um, we've done uh, every Robin but Stephanie Brown, um, which has also become a running joke in and of itself. Um, we've done, you know, we did Alfred. We've done, like I said, uh, so many of the the members of the, the rogues gallery and such. Um, so, yes, Batman is obviously a very uh, complex character. Um, and so we, we do cover that. Sometimes we'll talk about a particular run on a character. We'll, we'll focus on the psychology of a character within a particular storyline or by a particular author. We did the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye. Because Hawkeye's obviously been a character for, you know, 50-something years. We, we mm-hmm. broke down just those 20-something issues of, you know, Clint and Kate dealing with everything going on there. Um, you know, it all depends on the character and, and our patrons, we, we do have a Patreon page. Um, our highest level patrons pick a character each month that they want us to cover. And then they will sometimes say, I'd like you to talk about this particular topic or that particular topic. So, you know, we kind of let the fans dictate where to go and then we'll throw in an episode here and there, if like a movie's coming out or, you know, something is like high profile release that we're trying to time, you know, synergy and all that. Um, yeah. You have to work the algorithm as best you can. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of where it goes. So it, it, it de- a lot of it depends on the character. And then sometimes we do themes. We have one patron who likes to say, we're going to talk about uh, the, the one we just did was holding out for a hero, not the Bonnie Tyler song, but the idea of people, living in a world where superheroes exist, basically saying, I don't have to worry about safety because Superman's going to rescue me, or I don't have to worry about whatever, you know, I think they, he mentioned one thing where like central city uh, where the flash is home was like, there were so many scientific breakthroughs at accelerated rate because the scientists there knew they didn't have to worry about safety protocols because Barry or Wally or whoever was, you know, Jay, somebody was going to swoop in if something went wrong and rescue them. So they're like, yeah, screw it. We could do this. We don't have to worry about, you know, safety parameters and things like that. If something goes wrong, you know, Barry will come in and, and super speed our way out. And then, you know, and that leads to breakthroughs. So we, we do like conceptual thematic episodes sometimes. I like that. I like that. I'm reminded of something that um, previous guest on the show, G, uh, talked about with me. Uh, He didn't talk about it on the show, but it's something that we've talked about in sort of real life. Um, And he said that he's a bit of a fan of when the, and it's related to what you were saying about holding out for a hero, when those comic book and fantastic stories are told in more of a realistic style. And so um, he reminded me of, there was a storyline, I don't know whether it's a, was in a series of comic books or whether it was fan fiction or, or in a novel or something. But he'd said there's a storyline with uh, Superman where he's in a relationship where, you know, he's in a relationship, Clark Kent is in a relationship with Lois Lane and, you know, they're in a, shall we say, an adult relationship and certain things happens and she develops a carcinoma because of the things that they do <laughs> in an adult relationship. And it's like taking that, that extra step of what would actually happen and I like this idea of, like you were saying, about holding out for a hero. Because, yeah, if, if a superhero is going to save you, 
You don't need to worry about personal protection. You don't need to worry about, oh, well, you know, this street is known to be kind of a bit a uh, bit shady. Don't walk down it at night. You'll get attacked. Well, guess what? Superman's going to swoop in and save me. So I don't need to, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like I, I, I do think I know the storyline that you're talking about. Yeah, Lois gets develops cancer. Um, I think that was the subject of one of the... Um, the J.J. Abrams and his son did a Spider-Man a limited series. And part of it was that MJ uh, died of cancer because the radioactive blood that gave Peter his powers gave her cancer. So she died. Um, okay. You know, so it, it's, it's that. I mean, then like kick-ass is the whole notion of maybe not necessarily powers, but what would happen if a real person decided that they wanted to be a superhero? So, I mean, there, there's all kinds of deconstructions and reconstructions and, and things of that nature in ways that the genre has toyed with the tropes that you play. And, uh, I mean, really, any, any story, anything could be fodder, depending on how, how real or fantastical you want to make it, as long as you stick to, you know, magic A is magic A kind of deal. Like, okay, this is going to be consistent throughout. As long as you stick with that, uh, those parameters for writing a story, I think anything is, is fair game. Yeah. Also, if you don't want it as real as that, yeah, if you don't want it as real as that, you could always stick to Hulk smash. So something for everyone. Exactly. (laughs) There, there really is. There really truly is something for everyone. Um, And, uh, and that's the, the beauty of the, the medium. And I always tell people, Comic books are a medium. They're not a genre. You know, superhero is the genre. Comic books is the medium. You can use, you can use comic books to tell superhero stories. You can use television. You can use movies. You can use anime. You can use theater. It, it's the story. It, it's, you know, it's, it's, or comic books is the medium to tell however story, whatever story you want to tell. Absolutely. You can tell through video games. Nice yeah, little totally. segue into the, like the primary topic of the episode, I suppose. He's like getting us uh, somewhat back on track. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't worry about staying on track on this show. We're all about those tangents that we go off on. Because it allows us to explore something for 10, 15, 20 minutes, right? And hopefully... Well, my ADHD ass will definitely go off topic for right. hours, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We can make this a multi-part episode and... I won't have to come up with new content for the rest of the year. That's fine. <laughs> Sweet. Excellent. And Squid okay. just has to uh, edit the whole thing. Absolutely. Keeps him busy. Yeah. Keeps Five hours in, he's going, I hate the sound of his voice. I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> not as, not as much as Jay's voice, but that's another topic. Yeah, I have often wondered about, um, so slight tension, and I've talked about this on a different show that I do. Um, so uh, Squidge is the editor of this show. He's also the editor of two other shows that I do, and he's a paid editor, works for you know clients or whatever. Um, but like, he has edited, let me quickly check. I think it's, I think I have. If you play every single episode I've, I've ever been involved on. Um, oh, gosh. There we go. Get my, uh, there we go. Yeah, uh, Podchaser reckons that I have put out um, two weeks worth of content if you play it all back to back. So, and he's edited almost all of it. So my worry is he's going to take all of that audio, feed it into Descript, and then start typing 
a script of me just saying loads of stuff and steal my identity. Because that's totally what you can do. I mean, it's part of the EULA to say that you're not going to do that, but you can totally do that. There's this wonderful video by a group of special effects artists called Corridor Crew, where they did exactly that. They took audio of their their um, uh, their lawyer, the company lawyer, who's obviously a member of staff or whatever, but he lives out in Texas. They are in um, California, I believe, um, or they may be in Las, Las, Los Angeles. I don't know American uh, geography that well, but he's in Texas, they're in Los Angeles, or they're in California, number of states away. They took all of the audio for every single episode of their podcast he's ever been on, spliced it all up, fed it all into the script so that it could create a custom voice, and they just wrote a script for a, for a talk that they had him deliver, but have him sitting in the crowd whilst the computer is delivering it to him. That's Scary wild. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary. Yeah, d- deep fakes and, and all that stuff is, I mean, it's fascinating from a technological standpoint, but it's scary as hell with some of the stuff that they can pull off. Yeah. They had uh, they had their Descript account um, destroyed because Descript said to them, <laughs> I, "Yeah, you did it for the content, but you, the thing you did, like they spend the first three minutes of the video going, what we're about to do is completely against their terms of service. We will get our account will get banned as soon as we publish this video, so that they know that we've done it. But this is what we're going to do, and what I'll do, Anthony, is I'll send you a link later on. I'll put a link in the show notes because it is fascinating." <laughs> I bet, yeah. I mean, some of that deepfake stuff is nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, surely, especially with the take the, uh, you know, the the legal representation for themselves <laughs> and do that kind of stuff. You know, you've got one script and then another script someone's working on, which isn't a script. It's just random insults. The most serious mm-hmm. guy in the office saying the most childish stuff you've ever heard. So who doesn't want to do that? To ruin the video for everyone, what they actually did was they used GP, I think it's called GT, GPT-3, which is a text writing machine learning system. And you give it a prompt. Give me a motivational speech on this topic. And it will just, there's a motivational speech. And it's pretty much human, you know, it's almost human readable. You don't have to do it, hardly any editing. And they combined the descript with this GPT-3 and had it all completely AI generated. Uh, it was, yeah, definitely worth a look. I'll put it in the show notes. That's wild. Yeah, I definitely have to check that out. Because <laughs> oddly yeah. enough, I used a script for, for editing the show. So <laughs> so they already have your voice. <laughs> the, the, the lesson here is don't become important enough so that someone can make a deep fake about you. <laughs> Success is a terrible trap because people can do that to you. So don't, don't become successful. Oh, yeah. Don't follow your dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Unless your dreams are to not be famous, then follow them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yes, well, it's all good with that. (laughs) Yes. Is it a Harrata? I said, you see. He's the health and safety officer. So Absolutely. listen to what he says, what you? But let's let's talk video games, right? Because we went deep, deep, deep into the hey. into the weeds there, right? So what we like to do on the show is we like to talk about the the games we've recently been playing. Anthony, I'm sure you'll understand as a father of kids yourself, um, when you get to a certain stage in your adulting progress, if you indeed take that that branch, when you 
when you get to a certain stage in your adulting progress, um, you want to get so much time to actually sit down and play, right? The kids are at school, the kids are asleep, the kids are out somewhere else, and you're like, you know what? This is my time. I've got half an hour. I think we mentioned this earlier on, right? Uh, I, I got half an hour the other day and I got to watch progress bars. Hooray! But because of that, what I like to do is I like to go around the table and just ask people, what have they been playing recently, if they've been playing something, and would they recommend it? And what we do as well, just dropping this on you right now, is we start with a guest. <laughs> so, Anthony, if you've been playing something, what have you been playing? The caveat is oh. you cannot oh. say status bars. Oh, progress bars. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, th- thankfully, I've I've not been um, playing progress bars, status bars, things of that nature. Um, so, as, as I kind of alluded to, I have, I have a three-year-old son and a, a, a daughter who, who's about to turn three months old in a couple of days. And it has obviously been a little bit of a challenge um, to to find time to game by myself um, because we... we we try and limit the screen time for the three-year-old. So he watches, he watches little TV here and there, you know, we put on some bluey or we put on, uh, you know, bluey always makes me feel, uh, terrible as a dad. Um, and, uh, you know, or, or, um, you know, octonauts is another popular one for him. Um, but I've started introducing him slowly, slowly, but surely to Mario. Um, cause my six-year-old niece and four-year-old nephew, play Mario at my sister's house. So he sees them play and he wants to play along. He's not quite adept at it. He doesn't also have the attention span for it. Um, but, but he does play a little bit of that, but then he wants to watch me play. So he'll play for a couple bits. He'll, you know, die very easily. And then he's like, you do it, daddy, you do it. So then I have to play like Mario Odyssey or Mario 3d world. Um, and then he'll sit and watch me play for, for hours. Um, so we've been doing that. And Mario Party is another one. Um, super, uh, I think like Super Mario Party on the, the Switch and then Mario Party 8 or whatever the, the most recent one was. We, we do that because um, it's like a board game. And so he can kind of follow along. Um, and then when he goes to bed, my wife and I have about 40 minutes that we can spend, you know, with each other watching TV while our daughter's still, um, still awake. And then when she goes to, when my wife goes to bed, then I rock my daughter to sleep and I rock with her for a while, uh, in my arms. And, uh, so I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in her room and it's very dark. And so there's not really a whole lot I can do. So I'm either on my phone or I'm playing the switch and, um, it, that has really kind of become my default default console only because of the portability um, and the ease of just being able to sit there. You know, I've got her across my lap and in the crook of my arms and I can, you know, still sit and play. So what I've been playing and I listened to the the last episode or at least the last released episode with G, I know um, Shredder's Revenge was brought up, um, which I played that uh, r- relentlessly for a while. Um because that game, and I, I absolutely agree with, with G and everybody here, that game is way better than it has any right to be. Um, <laughs> and I also find it um, interesting and, and kind of exciting, the fact that they, they made a Turtles fighting game where April O'Neil is the best fighter, um, yeah. at least from, from my perspective. She is lightning fast with everything, man. 
Um, Deadly. She, she can she can like juggle character. It becomes a thing for me to see how long I can just air juggle a character <laughs> across as many screens as I can and keep up that hit combo. Um, I still have yet to get through a level unscathed, um, unharmed, because I play on the normal difficulty. I'm not going to cheat and play it on the easy level. I play it on at least the normal <laughs> difficulty. Um, and there's always one little guy that hits me, or I, or I make it all the way up to like Bebop or Rocksteady, and they hit me with one of their attacks because I mistimed something, and it's like, oh, you you know, oh, you're not going to get to achieve this. And it's like, oh. um, but man, April, uh, I... I get like a 250 hit combo by the time I'm like a third of the way through the level. Cause I'm just like air juggling just because I can. Um, and then, uh, so I've been playing uh, that with, with April and uh, Donatello who has always been my, he's my turtle um, because of the, the nerdiness. And then also mm-hmm. Donatello, just from a practicality standpoint, that bow staff has ridiculous range. So it's just, I'm just going to keep you away. I'm just going to beat you with a stick. It'll take me a while, but you're not going to get close to me. Um, I never liked playing with, with Raph or Mikey just because it was always so close, um, close quarters. By the time, you know, you have to be like super fast on it, otherwise you're going to get hit and you're going to take damage. So Donnie's always been my, my go-to. Um, so Donnie and April are, are the, the people, the characters that I've been playing with. Um, and on a related note, in a couple of days, the Cowabunga collection is going to be coming out, which is a compilation of all those old Konami games. Um, and I'm going to get that for Switch so I can play while I'm rocking my daughter to sleep and I can relive all of those those OG games. Some of them I never played. Like, I never had a Genesis, so I don't think I ever played Hyperstone Heist. Um and, uh, you know, but, but I had the Game Boy, I had the NES, I had the Super Nintendo, so I could play like all those games, tournament fighters, et cetera. And just like, you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm eight years old again. And, uh, so it's, it's going to be absolutely awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then the only other one I've been playing a lot is, uh, Asphalt Nine Legends, because I, I I'm not a car guy at all by any stretch of the imagination. For me personally, in my real life, car is just a tool to get from A to B. But I will play a racing game like for hours. And Asphalt Nine, I know there's been a lot of complaints about it, about the freemium nature, and I'm not gonna lie, I have spent money on it because I'm also impatient and I'm like, I could sit for hours and hours and try and grind through this just to get enough blueprints to unlock, you know, this car. Or I could spend 20, 15, $20 and buy all the packs and then, Oh, look, I have the car. Uh, time is money. I don't want to waste mine. Mm -hmm. So I'll just do that and unlock it. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's fun. Um, it's just, like I said, a way for me to just, kill time and do stuff while I'm, you know, rocking my daughter to sleep and praying that she doesn't wake up and, you know, need to eat or need a diaper change. So that's, uh, those, those have been the, the games. Um, I should get back into breath of the wild, but I just, at this point I would have to start over again because it's been so long since I played it. There needs to be a mode. And I think I, I've seen this elsewhere. There needs to be a mode, like dad mode or parent mode or something like that, where if the console detects that you haven't played a game in over a month, when you start it up, before you get into the thing, they're like, okay, 
here's a refresher. Here's what you've done. Here's what your current objective is. This is where you are. This is what you need to do. And, you know, help you out a bit there. Because so many times I'll leave a game alone for a while and then come back to it and go, the hell am I supposed to be doing now? Uh, crap. I don't know what I'm supposed, I don't know what my objectives are. And you can check the objective, but it's like, find this thing here. But where is here? Like, where, where is the thing? What does it look like? What's my, what's my motivation? Um, (laughs) what's, what's my objective? There needs to be a parent mode that refreshes you for what you need to do next. Yep. Yep. I, I've, I think in a previous years ago, in a previous episode, I've called that on the previously on mode, right? Where it just gives you like a, his 60 seconds to get you back up to speed with the story and the characters and how they're all interacting. And then, yeah, like you say, here's your current objective. Here's where you were going. Here's where you came from. This is, and, and here are the controls. <laughs> right? Well, the, the controls of- are always in the, the pause menu. So if I don't remember the controls, I'll just, I'll well, go, yeah. you know, I'll hit pause and I'll go, okay, these are the controls. This is what this button does, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, for, I mean, and it's not also not every game, like, I don't need, if I haven't played Mega Man in six months, I don't need a refresher course on, okay, what was it's all right. What just, let me just see which bosses I've beaten and then just go on like IGN or game facts or something like that. All right. Which boss should I get to next? What's the rock, paper, scissors order for this one? Okay. Got it. You know, Mario is another game I can pick up and just, uh, you know, Mario Odyssey or Mario 64. It's like, all right, what, what stars haven't I gotten yet or what have you, but for something like a Zelda or a final fantasy or an RPG level RPG type of game where there's, there's world building and there's extensive stories and side quests and this, that, and the other, like help me out, man. I, mm-hmm. if I haven't played it in, you know, a dog's age, then like, I need a reminder here, work with me, help me out here. So, you know, to game developers, the AAA studios, whatever. I'm even willing to pay for it if it's because, you know, EA would milk the bejesus out of that and like, oh yeah, here's a microtransaction. You can unlock, you know, previously on mode for $14.99. You know, how many Xbox Training Island. (laughs) DLC Training Island. Exactly. (laughs) Something like that. Like, I'll pay for it. I'll I'll curse you through my teeth to do it, but I'll do it and be like... There was um, something like that with, uh, I think it was Just Cause 3. Now, I got that, and this was before where I live. I called it the... Call um... of the Universe? No, no, it was it was um, before I upgraded. I was running on well, old before internet were... before. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's it, before I ascended, before I got fiber, and... Updates would take forever. So what Just Cause 3 did was, while it was updating, instead of you just sat there just watching a status bar, there'd be a set of small islands that you could just dick around on. So you could, if you're updating, you haven't been on it in a while, you could get used to like the, the floating controls, the flying controls, gliding, shooting stuff, you know, the grappling stuff. So I found that useful. But um, what, you're, what you just described is what I call the Bethesda, Bethesda Gambit. Because anyone that's played Skyrim for a length of time, put it down, and then gone back to it, you're like, what was I doing? Uh, I can't remember. And then instead of going, I'll try and figure it out, you just go, oh, I'll just start again. And that's every Elder Scrolls game ever. You forget, I'll just start again, it'd be fine. Yeah, I played uh, Morrowind 
for OG Xbox, I put in weeks, if not months of my life into that game. Um, I think I have it for, for steam now. I think I, I, I downloaded it. I played for like 20 minutes and then life came along. Um, so I haven't gotten back into it. That game though. I, I mean, I still have the soundtrack. I listened to the, the soundtrack mm. is just beautiful stuff. Mm. It's just absolutely amazing. Video game music is my, my work soundtrack because like they've done studies on video game music and how it helps productivity and things of that nature, because it's, it's intended within the game to motivate you to do things. And, you know, 99% of the time there's no words. So I'll, so if I need to work and I need to concentrate and I really need my ADHD to like hone in on something, I will put on video game music. The downside to that is of course, then it kicks a nostalgia factor for me. And so like, you know, spark mandrel from Mega Man X will come on and I'm like, and then instead yeah. of like doing anything, I'm like sitting there now I'm visualizing the level in my head, um, you know, and then it's like, oh, Spark Mandrel. All right. Now I got to go listen to Storm Eagle and, you know, and then I just and then it creates its own host of problems. Um, but Morrowind is is a beautiful game. Um that I now I'll need to add that to my, my list of games that I should get back into, uh, you know, or maybe I'll have yeah, that on the, the Thunder Plane list. <laughs> Sorry about that. See, that's okay. That means- Anything could kick off that kind of a tangent for me. So it's not. <laughs> I feel like it's not very helpful, but at least with like the Elder Scrolls games, there's at least some lore you can go and look up and see objectives. I, um, I loaded a Final Fantasy VIII save file the other day and my team are just standing in the middle of the desert. They just, they're just literally in the middle of the desert. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm on disc one, but what does that mean? <laughs> I haven't played this game in like eight years. <laughs> Have Final what Fantasy V for GBA. And oh, what, yeah. I, what I was doing in that game was there, there was one particular dragon, I think, that you could beat and would give you a ridiculous amount of job points. Because in that game, there's all the different uh, the jobs that you can you can have, and then if you master a job, you permanently retain a skill or an ability, whatever, from that job, regardless of whatever uh, job you have. And so my thought process was, oh, I'm going to have every character master every job <laughs> before I get to the final boss. So this way, I have all the abilities of of the dragoon and the white mage and the blue mage and like so literally i spent hours beating this this dragon that you could just like go to over and over again within this one cave and it was leveling me up in the jobs like super fast so i would just i would master it and then i would switch to another job and then i stopped playing for whatever reason well i picked the the, the game up a while back and i didn't remember where the cave was what the dragon was what the objective i knew nothing i didn't remember so i now i'm playing and i'm like i remember i'm supposed to go to a cave with a dragon to get the job points but i mean i could do that and then it becomes like that episode of south park where like you know they they're all like super fat and everything because they've been playing uh world of warcraft and you know they finally beat the griefer and they're like now what do we do 
yeah, we can play the game. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then they go ahead and yeah. because like now what? Uh, now I can go because now you're like ridiculously OP because you're only at that point. I think I was maybe halfway, maybe two thirds of the way through the game. So you didn't need to, but because this is just how I like to play. And I was like, all right, I'm going to beat them all. I'm going to max them up on everything. So this way they'll all be like level 100 and super. And then this way I could just go in and just like beat X death or Gilgamesh or whatever the frig his name is. And just like, all right, you know, slap him with my wang. And then that's it. Like, all right, I'll, you know, it's, it's not really a challenge at that point, but then it just becomes about the finality of beating the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I used to do something. Used to do something similar on Final Fantasy VIII, and Scrooge will attest to this because Final Fantasy VIII came out during my the beginning of my teen years, so he'll remember this. Uh, the I beginning of Final Fantasy VIII, right? You you you're at the school. You go as part of your graduation process. You have to go pass the test. The test is to go to the local cave and capture Ifrit, who's one of your guardian forces, one of your summons you're going to use. Um, and you know, it's, it's a relative, it's not the most difficult battle in the world. As long as you apply certain logic to it, if it is a fire character, use ice attacks on it, it'll go straight away, join you straight away. You've got a choice of like 10 minutes, 15 minutes or 20 minutes for you. And depending on like when you enter the cave, it says, do you want to take the 10 minute test, the 15 minute, the 20 minute or whatever. If you choose the 10 minute one you, and you pass, you get more rewards if you t- pick it. So it's like easy, normal, hard, right? But uh, yeah. So problem is I got really excited about taking on Ifrit. Um, and in the, in the school, there's a training center and you can run around in there and some low level enemies. Then occasionally you'll get attacked by a T-Rex. You take out the T-Rex and it gives you similar to the job points. It gives you loads of AB, these ability points. So you can build up your guardian forces. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I got scored to level 99 for doing that first mission. <laughs> the problem with the Final Fantasy games is the enemies grow with you, right? Same with all JRPGs. They grow with you. So I'm walking well, around the beginning of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm walking around the beginning of the game with one character who's at level 99, the others are level 8, and all the enemies are at level 99 as well. <laughs> so they never get past level 8 because they get killed as soon as I start a fight. <laughs> Don't do yeah, that, kids. <laughs> and then when I get to the end of the first disc at level 18 and he's screaming for the other end of the, the room, <laughs> how did you do that? Uh, I use my brain. Yep. Uh, when it comes Don't to RPGs, a while ago I played. Um, we'll, get, we'll get back to the segment eventually, but I played Fantasy Star Four for the Genesis slash Mega Drive, and one of the things in the menu is you can click talk, and one of the characters will tell you what you're doing, which is really helpful. But then I went to Final Fantasy Nine, and. Didn't have a clue because no one tells you. So just a quick tip. If anyone's going to play RPGs of any caliber, have a notebook with you because that's what I do. There's whole sections in this bloody thing for different RPGs of what I was doing, motivation, everything. So I write everything down. It does help. That's a brilliant idea. Um, I used to have a whiteboard, but then Jay graffitied all over it. So Yeah. Hello, adventurers. Do you enjoy stories about monsters and magic? Welcome to Autumn Falls, a cozy small town in the Pacific Northwest. There's mysteries to uncover, but first, let's check in with our heroes. Fighting monsters isn't the safest thing. I'm Hugo Rashad. Can I get verbal confirmation that none of you will say anything about what you saw today? Agent Lonnie Whitaker, reporting in from the Eastie Agency. It's really weird and bizarre and a whole lot of feeling stuff that I did not want to get into, so I kind of booked it out of there. 
I'm Raven Eugenia. I just wanted to be friends because that's what everyone else was doing. My name is Damien Edgecrest. Clearly talking to the tree is not a normal thing that people can do. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. If you'd like to join our heroes as we play Monster of the Week, then check out The Storyteller Squad, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's have an adventure. To be fair, I had a notebook I kept when I was in like late grammar school or maybe early high school. I was playing NHL 96 for Super Nintendo, and I would write down, I would manually keep track of stats. Even though the game did it like over season mode, I would manually write down stats for certain players and how they were doing and things of that nature. I, I get it. I understand yeah um so yeah it's, it's funny how we just you know kind of make things in in the attempt to make things easier for ourselves we make them way more difficult than they need to be yep yep yeah yeah story of my life like i was saying before <laughs> with the adhd <laughs> i i could make things easier for myself and take the medication but no 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 i want to i want to play life on expert mode <laughs> <laughs> I want to play Life it as a souls ball game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to play it normal. I want new game plus from That's birth. Awesome. Yep. New new game plus seven from uh, the age of one. Yeah. yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you were saying, it's like the uh, Dark Souls board game. Have you seen this, Anthony? So there's a board game version of Dark Souls. When you open it up on the underside of the the top of the box, it says. Game over. You lose. It says you died <laughs> the minute you open it. As soon as you open it, you died. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's, um, yeah. That's really. I never played that one, but, but I'm aware of the uh, difficulty level. Mm-hmm. I, apart from Elden Ring, I've got all the like Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and Bloodborne games, and I couldn't tell you why I bought them. All I can tell you is that I get like 15 minutes in and then I'm getting that annoyed from getting killed that when I'm holding a pad, you can hear it creaking because I'm just getting that annoyed and the pad's like really seriously creaking to a point where if someone sat with me, they go, give me the pad. I'm going to do this. Give me the pad. And my hand's just getting tighter and tighter. Okay. And they reach over, turn the console off and go, just let go of the pad. Just let go. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Take the pad while I go scream. (laughs) <laughs> yeah my friend brian has definitely broken controllers uh that have gone airborne um before yeah he's he's famous for for throwing them um I, yeah i don't know how i would fare with something like that but like like on on the flip side like i'll enjoy something like a super meat boy where like that obviously like part of the goal is that you're gonna die over and over and over yeah. again but just trying to figure out how to make it through without dying that's that's the challenge um yeah those games can be fun and frustrating in equal measure uh a friend of the show called the bee when that first super meat boy came out back on the 360 way back in the day he used to um he thought chatting to people while he was gaming was novel so i'd I'd be doing something he'd jump on the chat with me and he'd be playing it and I'd be playing, I don't know, something else. And he'd been playing Super Meat Boy and for quite a calm guy, I've never heard him 
come up with so many different combinations of swear words, including hamsters, in my entire life. And that was in the space of six minutes. I was just laughing at him. Could not believe it. And it wasn't helping him. Yeah. But... It's just, wow. What about a hamster? And it just kept getting worse. And I was just there in stitches, winding him up further, but I didn't care. Like I say, Super Meat Boy is a profanity generator. That's what it is. <laughs> yep. Definitely can be. Yeah. Yeah. No argument here. <laughs> so, Squidge, what have you been playing recently? I mean, we, I, it's, been, it's not been a huge amount of time since we last recorded, but I'm interested to find out. Uh, two games really I've tried to go back on um, capitalism in space I mean the outer worlds and uh, I I had it on my Xbox Series S um, before it died so I got it on the Switch Um, been playing it on that it's my Switch is like an OG day of release so it's the older model and it chugs a bit but I, I still love it and you know I'm still playing it and I've got further than I had before not realizing I did the stats wrong before. I've done the stats absolutely right this time, and I can talk the pants off anyone. I can shoot anything within the three-mile radius in one bullet, and um, nothing's too expensive. I've got more money than sense, and I'm going through the rest of the game quite easily because it's a case of, oh, yeah, you won't take me alive. What was you saying? You know, and I can convince people that he was the aggressor, and I I get all the praise for being an absolute ass. So, you know, capitalism in space it is quite fun. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, tr- I'm I'm about halfway through. I wasn't before, so it's 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 more of a just playing it for the story now. Not much can take me down. So I've been playing that, and the other one I've got it's uh, it's a newer title. Uh, what's it called? SD Gundam Battle Alliance, which is okay. uh, essentially it's a warriors type game set in the Gundam universe, but all the Gundams are like smaller and chibi, so like the the miniature Gundams, and it plays a little different, and it's got a bonkers story, and yeah, I I decided to get that just because it's a laugh, and it is. It, the the only problem is all of the audio is in Japanese. So when I'm when I'm playing it a little, it's not I can't just mash buttons. There's a bit more technique to it, so I've got to like dodge and attack. So I'm concentrating on not getting killed, and the story's flying by, and I've no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> it's a case of there's the bad guy. He's just showing up. Go kill him. Okay. Then the end of the 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 mission, you get a debrief, and it's like, oh, that's what I was doing. Right. <laughs> you didn't grab the fruit. That's what you need to do. Grab the fruit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's no move to kick him in the shins. Just to let you know. Ah, she'd always kick him in the shins. Always. Yes, that's about Absolutely. it. That's all I've been doing. Right. Oh, don't, don't, don't enable him for kicking him in the shins. <laughs> that's that's all I ever hear when I'm playing games. Yeah, whenever kick him in the shins. Uh, off. Whenever he's streaming live, I jump in the chat and I go, "Kick him in the shins," and then now our friend Zach jumps in and says, "Grab the fruit." <laughs> See, it's funny the first couple of times, but when you're playing something like Power Wash Simulator, where it's physically impossible to do no, both of those it's, things. It's funny every time. It's funny yeah. every time. Trust me. No, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> I'm standing here giggling like a schoolgirl every time because it's funny. <laughs> no, it yeah, I heard y'all talking about the, the Power Wash Simulator on that episode with G, and I was like, that's that's a thing? I know that like, mm-hmm. there are people who just come up with simulators for all kinds of stuff now, like goat simulators. 
simulator and you know you talk stray the, the the cat game and stuff and, and power wash simulator and all this stuff i'm like what the other way uh my my friend was playing um the the pc builder simulator and they're like oh yeah you could spend more money and unlock like you know like more license i'm like no no how is this a thing who would pay money to pretend to do something that you've already like i i, just, I, I don't i don't i can't i don't get it i don't understand it's it's worse if that's your profession. So if you build PCs for a living, go home and then build more PCs. It's yeah. it's even worse. But so Power Wash Simulator, yeah. But Power Wash Simulator, I lost five hours playing that. I didn't even realize. It is. I started wonderful. playing. Yeah. Yeah. I started playing. Then when I realized what time it was, you know, it was the middle of the day when I started playing. When I looked away from the screen after five hours, it was that dark. There was bats outside. I didn't even realize it happened. <laughs> So yes, uh, uh, it, it's it's spoiler alert for what I've been playing, but one of them is Power Wash Simulator, and it's it's for someone who doesn't use a power power washer in real life, it's incredibly satisfying just to like just because you because obviously there's something in front of you that's covered in crud and dust and muck and all sorts of stuff, and you just blast it with this hose. It's a lot more complex than a hose, but yeah, it's essentially a hose. Or you blast it with a hose, and all the muck just disappears. And it's just wonderfully satisfying. It's rather zen. Uh, what I tend to do is if I, uh, if I fall behind on my podcast listening um, and I need half an hour just to chill, um, I put that on and then kill the audio from the game and just play all the, the episodes of the podcast because I, like, I can do this and fully listen to what's happening at the same time. But everybody's so, different, right? <laughs> there's a flip side to the zen side of it i mean you can play it co-op because some of the levels get really big and it takes a while to do i play co-op with a friend of mine and we just turned it into a, a water gun fight for <laughs> half an hour water gun okay. simulator that's what it's super soaker simulator sss it writes itself let's do this that's bordering on dangerous territory right there just the initials well, yeah, that's Steady true. <laughs> it's like Splatoon, but with water. Okay, yeah. Super Soaker Simulator 2000 or something. I don't know. Was, would Super Soaker have been two, two words? It would have to be, because otherwise yeah, it's SS. You want SS Simulator. Because exactly. it would be SS Simulator, yeah. Let's not do that. But yeah, you should have a, a, a war. Someone's listening to your show going, I think that is a very good idea. I like the sound <laughs> of that game, yeah? That sounds like a lot of fun. Nope, nope, nope. Excuse me, please. F this shit, I'm out. Nope. Oh, yeah. For all we know, that game could actually exist, but we're not talking about it. Yeah. It's, it's anti-Wolfenstein. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, I thought, that wasn't that the, the Super Noah's Ark for the, the Super Nintendo? That was anti-Wolfenstein, wasn't it? It was the Wolfenstein was... 3D uh, engine. And you just walk around. Instead of shooting enemies, you walk around giving food to animals on the Ark. Wonderfully zen. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. Well, not really. That that whole game was made just to. Uh, I mean, it was a flip side. It was. It was. How would you take an engine from a game where you gun down Nazis and apply the Bible to it? There must have been something more. I'm making it. it Super Noah's Ark 3D. That's how you do it. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. The the super light load for me, as it always is. Um, Vampire Survivors, as it almost uh -huh. always is, because I'm addicted to that game. That can be so good. So good. Um, Power Wash Simulator, as I've just said. 
and the Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver HD mod. Um, we've got an episode which will have dropped already by the time you're listening to this with the person behind that. It is, it is amazing. They've taken this game from 1999, technically it's the year 2000 version for the Dreamcast, and they've, for want of a better phrase, HD-ified it without touching the game at all, which is wonderful. It's uh, loads of fun. But yeah, you didn't uh, tell me you had Power Wash Simulator. We should co-op. I, I got it like two days ago. And we should definitely yeah. co-op. No, we should have a water so gun can, fight. Yeah, just so I can water gun fight with you. We, we can fight over the Stegosaurus. Now now there's a no context quote. We can have a fight over the Stegosaurus. Absolutely. So this game is twenty I'm looking it up on Steam now. This game is twenty five dollars on Steam. Grief, like I mean, because I, I, I was like, okay, maybe I'll play this game. I don't know that I'm going to pay twenty five dollars <laughs> to buy Power Wash Simulator. I think perhaps now might not be a great time to buy it because I feel like it's one that enters into the Steam sales every now and again. Yeah, might be worth wish listing so you can see if it drops in price. I don't know. Oh, you could just you could just you know find someone on Twitch playing it and just mute it. You don't have to mm. listen to them. You just watch it. Yeah, there's enough people it, who play it. But yeah, it's weird. It's weird, but you know, I've I've lost, I think last count about forty hours to it. I've cleaned everything from a, a rocket with a secret laser on it to a playground to a skate park to a monster truck shaped like a kitten. Have um, you watched the Mars rover yet? No, it's one of the challenges, isn't it? No, oh, well, you I ain't done that. You should do the Mars rover. It's a good one. Weird. <laughs> but after a while, my little finger locks up, and I think, I've got to turn this off, but then I go, I'll do one more mission, and it makes my little finger even worse. <laughs> so, pro tip, right? Pro tip for if you play it, and if you play it on PC. I don't know whether this works on Windows, because I'm a Linux user, and that makes me a weird nerd. I've been playing it on my Linux machine. If you hit the left mouse button to start the water flowing, then hit the right mouse button, you can take both fingers off the mouse buttons and it continues to fire. Um, Discovered that one accidentally. There's two things on the Windows uh, version. If you click the right button, the right mouse button, and it'll just continually fire. And then if you push C on your keyboard, it goes from normal aiming to what I call Wiimote aiming, where instead of you looking where you're aiming, the gun starts wibbling and you look straight forward. So much easier. Wibbling, I like it. <laughs> it's, it's Wiimote aiming. Yeah. Anyone that's played the Wii and played like a game that's had like House of the Dead or Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles, anytime that summit comes up, you 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 wiggle it, you know. You get a good, a good old wiggle to aim and you're going all over the place. So Wii mode aiming mode, yeah. So you're wiggling it the video game. Yeah. <laughs> and in the game as well. Uh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where I've been playing. I I, I do recommend Vampire Survivors, for sure, because it is just... It's a roguelike. It's got a 30-minute time loop. A uh, game loop, sorry. And every time you play it, it's ever so slightly different. It's just... Uh, it's it's wonderful. Definitely worth checking out. But I do like roguelikes and, and procedurally generated stuff. Um, those those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this so one... You can get it on um, mobile as well, can't you? Vampire Survivor. I have no idea. Yeah. I just know that it's on my Steam. computer... Because I bought it on Steam, and at the time it was early access. I think it still is early access. I keep saying this in every every episode I bring it up, right? The developer is still actively adding new stuff to it, 
Yes, it is I still it, early like access. It's it's two ninety nine. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a ton of fun. It's another one of those that might be worth looking up on Twitch, YouTube, whatever, to see whether it fits the kind of game that you like, though, because I describe it as the bullet hell where you, instead of you being the ship firing the bullets, you're technically the bullets, but you control the, the ship that fires the bullets. But yeah, same sort of same sort of deal. He's yeah. mentioned it that many times, I ended up buying it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that by now we should be sponsored by Vampire Survivors, but I don't think we are. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, well, it's all good with that. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing with the Thunderplane games, Anthony. I realize that you're a very busy chap. We can hopefully get through this and not impact your day too much. So the Thunderplanes is this segment where essentially, right, imagine that you're in Final Fantasy X and the Thunderplanes is a real place that you can get banished to. Because that's a place in Final Fantasy X where you can get banished to. And what we're going to do is we're going to open up a portal to the Thunderplanes and we're going to very nicely and rather politely boot you through that portal. It's a one-way portal, right? You will get help. Um... Maybe it'll be today, maybe it'll be tomorrow, maybe it'll be in a month's time. I'm not going to tell you. But it, or it could even just be in, in an hour's time, right? But help is on the way. To stop you from getting bored, we've said that we'll keep the portal open and throw through up to three video games and everything you would need to play them. You need a PC, you get a top-of-the-line PC, it goes through with it. You need an internet connection, there's an internet connection. You need a GameCube, you need an Xbox, whatever, it goes through. The only rule that you have is that you can't tell anyone you're stuck in the Thunderplanes and ask for their help. It's just literally there to keep you from getting bored. So our question to you is, if we were to throw, boot, or yeet you through the portal to the Thunderplanes with up to three games to keep you from getting bored, which games are we throwing through with you? I might just add really quickly... You do get like food and shelter provided as well. Oh, yeah, we don't just leave you in the awesome. wilderness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's I, I do appreciate that. Um, do do they all have to be like one console or can I get like multiple? as many consoles as you need? Okay. Um, so we'll start with a top of the line PC, although to be fair, it doesn't have to be top of the line PC to play FTL uh, faster than light. Um, I said before, I like my roguelikes and that one just scratches a particular itch for me. Um, played uh, again. I think that's uh, my my number one game on uh, Steam. Um, if I go right now to my profile, let me just see. Um, An ungodly amount of hours, by chance? Probably, yeah. That it, I'm certain that it would be the game where I've got the the most hours. Um, yeah, FTL is a uh, 280 hours on record. Um, wow! <laughs> um, and close behind that would be Oxygen Not Included um, at 227. Um, everything else is, you know, 30 hours here, 40 hours there. Yeah, FTL 280 uh, hours. Um, so that one could keep me busy, or or Oxygen Not Included. Really, either of those um, those roguelikes. Um, then I would need. 
um, an Xbox 360 so I can play uh, NHL 16, um, or I would even go up to maybe NHL 18, um, whichever one, uh, whichever one had Martin Brodeur on the cover, because that one I played, I don't know how many hours, um, and that one you could play through an entire, you, you, you basically started as a, as a 16 year old, if you wanted, and you're like, be a pro. So you could do like two years in juniors before you even get drafted up to the NHL. So you could really build your guy up. Now, uh, the more recent ones, they start you off, you get to play in the Memorial cup and then you get drafted. And it's like, no, I I want more time in juniors. I want to play against the, the terrible scrubs teenagers so I can build my guy up so that by the time I'm drafted, I'm already like 75, 80 overall. Um, and then uh, also for the Xbox 360 Mega Man Legacy Collection, because um, I do love my compilations, as I alluded to earlier, um, just because it really helps scratch that nostalgia itch. And Mega Man was always a, a series um, that that kind of just really uh, continues to, to stick with me. Um, I was debating between Mega Man and Mega Man X Legacy Collection. I mean, either or, but I just I like the the OG series better, the the original Nintendo eight uh, bit ones. It just be, they're they're hard, um, but the music is fantastic, and there's always something there for you. So um, you know, yeah, the the Mega Man Legacy Collection. Um, just you know, one. Th- I think the the legacy collection is one through seven or one through one through eight. Maybe I think it's one through eight. And then legacy collection two is like nine, 10 and 11. Um, Yeah. They they made a specific one for the second collection. Didn't they? They made a brand new one. I don't know. I I don't think they made it specifically for the new one, but there was the newer one that then was included in the most recent legacy collection. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so th- those would be my, you know, if you limit me to three, that would those would be my three. I like it. I like it. I'm I'm um I'm not allowed to play American football games. Uh, I'll let so Jamie go into the story. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Well, yeah. you just because you 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 reminded me, um, American football games in particular. Uh, Jay had one for the original Xbox, which was ESPN four, I believe. And yep. you could create your own characters, and I'm not allowed to play them anymore. I'll, I'll let Jay tell you this story. It sounds better coming from him. <laughs> we, um, yeah, I think it was it was one of the two K two K NFL games, right? And I know that obviously Anthony, you were saying NHL, but obviously this is reminded Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I created a, a, a player for him and put him as one of the uh, one of the defense players. I don't know which one. But uh, we ended up coming up with, up with this mythology of the the <laughs> because the the helmet grill was actually the as many bars as we could fit on it, um, and we'd said that was because Squidge's character had to be locked away in a cage because every time we would play and he'd managed to sack one of the characters, they'd end up injured and be off the team. <laughs> so he'd be out there decimating the characters. <laughs> within like the first three minutes the whole game was called off because i injured too many of the opposing (laughs) side well back in the days of um like super nintendo 
Madden. Um, I want to say it was like Madden 93, um, something like that. Uh, I used to play with, with Doc, my co-host, um, back when we were in high school. They used to have a thing where if a guy was injured, an ambulance would drive onto the field. And then they, they would cart them off. And if players were in the path of the ambulance, the ambulance would run them over. Now, you couldn't get injured. You couldn't get injured by the ambulance running them over, but the ambulance would run over players to get to the injured player. Um, this is, again, back Madden 93, 94, somewhere around there. So. It doesn't happen in real life. I just might just want to add that. You, you, don't, you don't see ambulances wiping out teams to take off a broken leg. You know, it doesn't happen in real life. That'd be a cool mod for a recent game. You know, the, the latest Madden 23, have a mod where someone gets injured and an ambulance comes out and wipes out half the team. That'd be a good mod. I, I have wondered whether you'd uh, whether you would play the the recent re-release of the sort of brutal sports football. Um, whatever it was, there was a... It was like the, the Mutant, Mutant League. Mutant League Mutant Football League. That's it, yeah. And essentially it's NFL... Where the characters are literally allowed to kill each other, like the idea is that they are they are convicts and monsters and stuff, and um, so you've got the NFL field and there's traps on the field, and every time you pick a play, you can pick like bribe the referee and things like that, or uh, call down a a, a a an airstrike or something like that, and it's just it lends this wonderful stupidity to the game because there's obviously still the tactical play of win the game. But you can also win the game by killing the other team. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's something. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Who boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, what I want to say, Anthony, is thank you ever so much for being with us uh, this afternoon. But what I'd like, yeah, I've had an absolute blast and. Same here. He yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Um, remind the listeners about uh, Capes on the Couch and where they can go ahead and get that, and maybe where they can get in touch with you, like on Twitter, Insta, things like that. Um, uh, yeah. So, g- give them a, a quick reminder, please. So uh, again, uh, Capes on the Couch is a podcast where we use comic book characters to destigmatize the discussion around mental health. All of our episodes are on our website, uh, CapesOnTheCouch.com. We're on. Basically every podcatcher, with the exception of Spotify, we did we did pull our episodes from Spotify um, a while back um, for a number of reasons, um, partially related to MMA commentator guy, and then also just a, a host of other uh, reasons related to uh, licensing and things of that nature. Um, so we're not on Spotify, but we're pretty much everywhere else, and we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok at Capes on the Couch. Um, so you can find us there if you have an email question you want to shoot us, uh, capesonthecouch at gmail.com. And um, we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash capesonthecouch. We're dubbed adult for some reason, I think, because our we have uncensored stuff. So if you can't like do a search for us or we don't show up in the search parameters, it's something very strange. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, we... We're coming back for season eight soon, so we'll be launching with new episodes uh, starting sometime in late September. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, we're always looking for other podcasts to to talk with and uh, 
We've got a Discord server. I know you guys are are big on Discord, and if you want to come over, if you like what you hear and you want to join the community, um, you can come on over to uh, tinyurl.com slash capesdiscord, capital C and capital D, um, and uh, join our community. We have... Uh, We'll have the links to the show notes there um, as well, uh, or at least in our show notes, if you go on our website, the uh, links to the Discord there. Um, otherwise, like I said, just join the community. And, um, you know, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, glad I found uh, you guys in the uh, in the Podcast Junkie server, and you were like, hey, does anybody want to come on and talk about video games? I was like, I will do it for hours on end as long as <laughs> my wife doesn't need me to also help take care of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'll say, uh, Anthony, is it has been an absolute blast. And you're welcome back whenever you want, right? Just give us a shout. We can talk about video games. Maybe we can talk about um, your favorites and not-so-favorites controllers maybe next time if you have Yeah, that. definitely, because um, I, I have opinions on those. I have thoughts. Good. good. Everyone should have opinions on them, and I want to hear them all. <laughs> and maybe by that point, I'll let you know how uh, Cowabunga Collection worked out, and maybe I'll even oh. give... Uh, you know, something, uh, try on steam, maybe uh vampire survivors or a power wash simulator. If I'm feeling, you know, so inclined to spend $25 on that. <laughs> or maybe if I can well, get it for, for cheap on a, on a steam sale. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you're about to hear it here first from us folks. I'm planning a TMNT video games episode. So we'd love to have you on for, if not the full episode, there may be a segment on it or, or two. Hell yeah. Cowabunga <laughs> dudes. Keep me posted. Awesome. Wait. Awesome. Excellent. Well, like I said, Anthony, it's been absolutely loads of fun. Um, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Waffle and Tailors podcast. This has been another hour and 20 minutes. So uh, thank you all for that. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, just search Waffling Tailors will come up. Um, waffling is in UK parlance. It means to talk incessantly without much of a point to ramble on that kind of thing. That's why we name it that. I realized after I bought the URL and set up everything doesn't mean that in the United States, we won't talk about what it means in the United States, but that's what it means here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, tangent tail doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? Absolutely. Uh, well, it would have the TT It'd have that alliteration. Maybe we should rebrand anyway, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, waffling tailors put that in there we'll come up waffling tailors.rocks for the website we've got the link in the show notes we'll also have a link to all of the urls that anthony just talked through in the show notes as well and i will put the corridor crew video in the show notes as well so you don't even have to go anywhere it's all there excellent um we never figure out how to uh, sign these off so what i'll say is thank you everybody for listening thank you all for being on the show <laughs> thank you say goodbye squidgy bye squidgy Hey, that's Woo! You'll have to forgive Father. He got into the brandy a bit early this morning. <laughs> that's it funny. helps him sleep, and unfortunately, it doesn't do quite the same effect as helping him wake up. <laughs> uh, we don't have any alcohol in the house, but the bleach is missing. That's <laughs> teeth have never been whiter.
Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Daguet. See the show notes for more details.